Back to another episode of Like Dragon, Like Sun. I'm Jay Outway. And my name is Jack Outway. And uh, this is a podcast about Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, keyword dragons. Yeah, this, uh, this is, there's never been a better time to put the dragon back in the Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we might be a little bit late to the party, but... Yeah, so we're, we're talking about Fitzban, Fitzban's treasury. We actually did some preview stuff on this a little while back, so we're not late, late to it. We knew it was happening. We've had a few other things going on, and we kind of wanted a bit of time, instead of just coming mm-hmm. with our you know surface reactions to it, to actually kind of dig into it a little bit and see what this new book uh, offered us, what what was in it, what we could do with it. Mm. Um, and I like... I like um, I like for the similar reasons I've been liking uh, Van Richten's and more recently the uh, Beyond the Witchlight is that it gives us like as a DM, as an adventure builder, some really great, fun, easy ways to grab a set of dice and roll up uh, a really cool, um, I was going to say bad guy, uh, which would have been true in the, with the you know, domains of de- dread and domains of delight. But with the dragons, are they always bad guys? I don't know. So, yeah. I sort of feel like, I sort of feel like I'm rooting for the, I'm rooting for the dragons mm. a lot. Um, well, it depends. I've, I've heard people talk about this book and be like, oh yeah, you can set up loaded adventures to go kill dragons. And I'm like, you can't kill the dragons. No. Dragons. Why not? Um, yeah. Well, it I, makes me think Witcher, they're like an endangered species, right? Yeah, right. I, I think we've had a lot of, uh, I've had a lot of, con- I've had a lot of exactly conditioning recently to make me feel like we shouldn't be hunting the dragons. That it always ends with them going extinct and that's a bad thing. Yeah. By what, what's, they're like the apex predator, you know, think about the, the food webs and natural cycles. They just get thrown out of whack. I know. I, you know, oh, gosh. So anyways, enough killing, more creating. And that's what we're going to do today. We are going to make, yeah, we're going to make you guys a new dragon. And it's interesting learning about environmental systems is a funny thing. You could make like the influences a dragon has on the region around it like crucial for the survival of many species. And that's yeah. a great idea. Like you know, when we build our worlds, that you don't just think, okay, here's a forest, and hmm, what monster goes in a forest? Oh, green dragon. Boom, done. It's nicer hmm. when you take that extra step and you go, oh. All right, so green dragons, all dragons, have like a magical effect on the world around them. Yeah, well, at least so, the ancient ones do. Yeah, so let's you know let's talk about how that um, how that develops our, our forest into something even more special and more exciting for players to uh, to explore. Yeah, definitely. But we're not doing forest day. No, uh, because I've got this thing for brass dragons. Yeah, and uh, longtime listeners may have heard me mention this before. I can't cite exactly which episode where but we have talked about the idea i love this idea of the party crossing a desert Mm. the sands have shifted a wee bit and suddenly a bit of a dragon's horde a brass dragon's horde has been exposed and the party's all like woohoo and they're like filling up their bags when 
along comes the owner of said horde uh, to have a very long conversation with them because that's what brass dragons really truly want is to talk. Mm, very lonely dragons out uh, in the desert. Um, less sand, more rocky. Yeah, I guess. I mean, sort of, I suppose you can't just build in sand anyways, right? That's more of the blue dragon's territory. They burrow into the sand. Whereas... Are they like just pure? They're all lightning and electric-y. Yeah. Whereas yeah, so I guess... brass are more like um, desert yeah, so... canyons. Yeah, so I sort of think, um, yeah. Caves beneath. It, it's definitely a canyon-y sort of thing. But Stone I, ruins. I still imagine like amongst the, the oh, it's canyon floor, it's definitely yeah, sandy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, they compete with blue dragons for layer sites, but are more likely to make a layer among rocks than to burrow under the sand. Jack is quoting directly from Fizzbands. That's right. Fizz, Fizzbands. Fizzbands. Uh, uh, book. And isn't that great? Isn't that exciting that we have details like that? So Definitely. when you're world building, you're thinking, oh, how deserty are we? Well, not so much, actually. We need the badlands. We need canyons and hmm. stuff, which actually I think is a far more interesting looking environment anyways. Oh, definitely. Um and so I've also got this other thing that I've been playing with in the background for a while. Um, I've always thought it'd be fun to have a gateway to the city of brass that was guarded by a brass dragon. Okay. Sure. Like that it was part of their lair somehow. Yeah. And so I think we'd have to be like an ancient brass dragon to start oh, for with. sure. So we're sort of like, we are like going on the deep end on this, but I figure if we're going to do this, we might as well push the boat all the way out. We're, so we're making this layer in the... No, it's on. It's in the material world, okay. in the material plane. But I think that the the real, one of the real like treasures within the the layer... Is the gate? Is a, is a gate or a key that opens the gate. Sure. That's cool. Or some sort of item hmm. that allows key the Key to the city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, a little access to uh, the city of Brass. Then you can kick off the next leg of your adventure. Maybe that's why they're going to this very location is for this key yeah. to the city of Brass. Uh, you know, the city of Brass is inner planes. If you remember our tour of the planes, it's oh, not sure. that far away, but you still, you're going to need, if you don't have plane shift or some super high level spell. So if you're like, you know, maybe, t you know, tier two sort of party, um, you know, and again, we're not going to go and try and kill this ancient dragon. No, no. Keep in mind, this is this may be much more about talking our way through this. Um, not to say that it couldn't throw a few, you know, uh, through min a few minions at your, you know, your direction to to test you out or something. If you want to make sure there's a fight in it, um, but not mm -hmm. all adventures have to have combat. Yeah. Um. So, uh, first thing we're going to do is we're stopping in chapter three of the book. Mm. Uh, which is called Dragons in Play. There's also Draconomicon, which I think we can Yeah, which is chapter well, but... five, and we'll dig into that, which is really where the creating each type of dragon kind of is. Mm. Um, but the Dragon in Play actually backs it up with starting a little bit with... Um, Appearances. And, yeah, it yeah. talks about dragon characters. Um, uh, yeah, like more like fleshed out rather than just how they look, you know, classic of their... Yeah, you know, so adding a few extra little details cultures. to them. Now, sure. of course, you're always welcome to use your own imagination for such things, but I think the power of these books is what happens when we randomly give ourselves a cue of some sort and then we improvise off of it. Yeah. Um, or at least for you and I, our fans out there of like Dragon Like Sun know that we, we do pretty well with this sort of thing. 
Um, so we roll the dice and then we usually try to use whatever the roll is, but sometimes we don't like it and we just roll again. And mm. that's kind of how we recommend doing this. So let's start with some sort of notable feature to our appearance. Sure. Let's start building up something to look at here. Uh, one missing eye or an eye that's milky. Perhaps. So that was a three. That's a three. So a missing, uh, one missing eye. All right. So he's got uh, got a piratey type down. patch. Could be, or it's, there's like that run in with previous people who have, you know, tried to take a key or something. Like there's like a previous run in. You know, there's some history there that he's right. there is, had to face. Yeah. Torment as a dragon his whole life. Their yeah. whole life. I don't know. We uh, missing eye. So one eyed dragon. One eyed brass dragon. That's interesting. Okie dokie. Okay. Uh, and maybe roll one more. One more appearance feature? Yeah. Uh, 11. Draped in some semblance of clothing. Stole. Which mm. is... Uh, like a fur of some sort. Right. To a, a robe of some sort, maybe. Um, yeah, okay. We'll think about that. We'll maybe give him a, like a little... like. It, and that could even be... Do you think that could be with the eyes? Could it be... Would they be an eye patch or something wrapped around? Well, you don't need it. I mean, I think could. I mean, if they're of the city of brass, yeah, then they could. Could they not have something de demonstrating this connection to the Afridi or the Maybe. or this plane that's like you know silks from this location or whatever it might that be? That sounds fun. You know, yeah. That shows that mm, you know, or some kind of like shows maybe some sort of noble status even there. I don't know. Just yeah. throw an idea. Extra large size. Sure. Oh, I mean, you gotta have it. That's like I, I don't know if the, they. I went to City of Brass and all I got was this lousy robe. Sure, robe of the plains. Um, cool. All right, throw another d twenty, and this time we're gonna look at our dragon's mannerisms. Sure. Uh, eight gives us absently chews or picks at teeth with swords, spears, or lances. All right, that's rude but fun. <laughs> Bit rude, yeah. There's some other cute ones in here. Try another one. Sure. 19. Size relentlessly, giving an impression of tremendous boredom. Yeah. All right. The Maybe it's not just picking the teeth, but the boredom thing always sort of makes me think of like somebody who does their nails mm -hmm. or yeah, maybe if they are picking their teeth, it's just about, you know, keeping them clean and hygiene. And it's, I always love that actually as an NPC sort of, as a as a DM, if you're doing those sorts of things while the characters are trying to have seriously conversation with you, it, it's a really great way to sort of for the NPC in this case the big dragon to really telegraph the fact that it does not give two hoots mm. about you or what you're doing. It that it has barely rates you above cleaning gunk out of its fingernails uh, mm. in terms of cover. Now, of course, I always think the brass dragons. I mean, they do want it. They do care about conversation, um, but maybe it's like it's it's more about the small talk and less about or worried it's the about idea, the, you know. And then it's like, mm, yeah, I, still yeah oh, we're gonna have a good conversation, and then it's like, oh, it's these people aren't again. as interesting as me. Yeah, it could be that. You know, and the silver dragons just fascinated with the mortality, and the brass dragons just disappointed that they're not immortal or nigh immortal. Like a dragon as you know, especially if they're so ancient, you know. It's yeah, like, maybe talking to really old elves is fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. He, he wants to talk to older humanoid races. Yeah. 
the, the long living fur bulgs, maybe. Yeah. All right. Dragon bonds. There's some like specific ones for brass dragons in the Jack and Democon and there's general dragons. All right. We can jump to that if you want. Mm. Like personality traits just for brass dragons okay. or ideal. I, actually, I think bonds actually they don't have. So we can roll bonds as normal from the dragons in play, All right, so um, which is a seven I got. Obsessed with attracting the attention of another dragon. That almost ties in with our wanting to speak with another older creature like itself. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just it. Maybe there's another brass dragon that they really want to chat with or talk to, and that's... Mm. Maybe it's something that they just can't do. Um, or it could even be another version of themselves that they're wanting sure. to connect with and talk to. Because you explained that a little bit. Yeah, so I think one of the neat neat things that have come out in in this... Um, sorry, I'm just trying to make sure I get the right term for it. It's uh, But basically this idea that that uh, the dragons now have like echoes across the world. I think that's what it's called here. Um, and so the idea is that okay, so you get this multiverse, all of these you know worlds exist out there, and it says that the dragon's unique connection to the magic of the material plane and the history of the first world gives him a mysterious link to other dragons across the myriad of worlds of the material plane. In theory, every chromatic, metallic, and gem dragon that has ever lived has a unique echo on every world of the material plane. Some of those echoes are very similar to each other, but others are more radically different. You can use the dragon echo characteristics table to help you decide aspects of your dragon's echo, etc. Mm. Yeah. Um, so just roll the de- dragon echo characteristic for us. Whoa, 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 whoa. What was that? What uh, D8. D8. Five. Uh, same age, different kind within the same family, and similar in appearance and personality. So another metallic dragon of some sort. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so it would have like it's the same name but be slightly different. What's a? I mean, you could do bronze or gold or gold, copper, silver. Those are all the metallic ones. Yeah. Is there one that calls out to you more? Um, my mind went to gold straight away for some reason. Sure. A gold version of themselves that they desperately want to speak to. But yeah, that they've lost the number too somehow. Hmm. I mean, what, what is this? What does this mean by world? Does this like mean multiverse? Yeah, it means multiverse. Uh, you know, I, I guess it means like there's, you know, parallel dimensions. You know, your homebrew campaign, my homebrew campaign, you know, are both connected through the multiverse somehow. Mm. I mean, if we don't want to go that far, could we call it like? across planes if we're sticking with this brass sure city of brass it's, that's idea. the easier way to do it for mm-hmm. sure um i think this also sets up a little bit i think there's something spell jammer ish coming down the pipes for where every world within the material plane sits in its own little crystal bubble and there's sort of a magic space that you can surf between each of these crystal spheres that hold the solar systems of each of the worlds, so to speak and each of those crystal spheres would have an echo of the dragon or maybe they don't all have it but some of them would 
kind of gets a bit Rick and Morty on me when I start thinking about it like that. But. <laughs> Rick and Morty. Yeah. I mean, if we're thinking rather than multiverse, if we want to dumb it down a little bit for ourselves and just like we're thinking like plane of fire, could you do outer planes? Could you be do like perhaps they're in Akka, which is the city in the plane of air, you know, or on the Isle of Dread somewhere, you know? Yeah. So that this is actually a fun way to sort of then connect dragons and and the multiverse, but in a way that isn't so hugely far off, like that it actually becomes a little bit more of a, the other worlds are just other planes. And yeah, that's much easier in some ways to... Well, it isn't even a parallel dimension. You just yeah. make the other worlds other planes, you know, yeah. like there's and that's, and you're done. other version of me that I'm, I'm bound to, that I need to speak to, but they're on different planes and I can't seem to get a hold of them. If only the adventurers could venture out, I would go to my, the brass city myself, but... I, uh, then you make some reason they can't go. Yeah. Well, like many dragons, they're tied to their horde. Yeah. Um, True. Or maybe, yeah. Or maybe there's a portal within the city of brass that leads to wherever it is the other dragon might be. Yeah. But you always have to like, why isn't the dragon just doing this themselves? Yeah. Is it far too dangerous? Perhaps the door's too small. Well, no. That's that's kind of dumb. <laughs> that's a. I don't know how I feel about that. Hmm. Think about it. We'll think about it as we keep rolling. Yeah. About. Um, All right, so I'm going to go into the the Draconomicon, chapter sure. five. Well, section. there's a flaw in secret, perhaps, so we could still roll while we're yep. here. Um, the D10 for our dragon. Nine, the prospect of living for centuries more exhausts me. Or, ooh, hear me out. I'm convinced that a version of me in a different world is helping to destroy me and steal my horde. There you go. And so instead of wanting to find this other dragon and speak with them, they desperately fear this other gold version, which they see as far more powerful and superior to them um, in many ways. And that they, they, they can't bear to leave their horde for a second. It's, it's coming after. I can't go. Yeah, you must if go. If I don't stay and watch this, they're going to take it. They're going to take it. And so a bit crazy. Um that's actually interesting, you know, and is is perhaps even constantly doubting whether or not the party is, or if they put it up the front that, oh, I'd love to meet this new version of me. I can't go myself. I'm far too busy now. But really, it's this reconnaissance, like subterfuge, wanting to take out this other gold version of themselves. Hmm. Yeah, dragon versus dragon. He secretly hates this version of themselves. And you could ver do very much so like a gothic abjection style horror, you know, where like hating a part of yourself, you know. Don't we all have a little bit of that inside us somewhere? Or is it just me? Hey, I, I'm, I'm, I, that's I think, not what we're talking about today. I, that's but I'm just saying that I think that could resonate a little, really well with a lot of players. Yeah, I think definitely. there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, oh, damn. And I think yeah. gold and brass work well because they both are metallic dragons that breathe fire. And I think... I think there's always that little bit of, you know, this idea that there is, that you're not the best version of yourself, mm. that the gold version must be better. And then, of course, we could find it in the end that the gold version is not. Kind of like, well, I mean, I've been reading Heart of Darkness in class and say what you will, I have my own thoughts. But that idea of this big esteemed Kurtz figure when it's really sickly and, and deranged in the yeah. Isle of Dread. It's just laying there in its back like the horror, the horror. Sure. I mean, Isle of Dread is great for that idea as well almost, you know, journey into the Isle of Dread where yeah. the characters are meant to think, well, am I, is there, an, am I inferior? And like they, they could have their own duplicates and all sorts of dreams and you could then tie it into a very almost horror style, yeah, creepy 
campaign that this um, neurotic brass dragon has put them on. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Um, I like that. That's their sort of, that's their flaw. Cool. Or maybe they think this their missing eye was taken out by this other gold dragon. And that was like this old, perhaps never happened, but... Perhaps the gold dragon only has the other eye. Mm, they have opposite eyes. So like the brass one's missing the left and the gold one's missing the right. Very much so an eye for an eye type deal. Mm, it's kind of mirror image ideas for each other. I like it. Uh, cool. Well, that takes us, I think that's most of the stuff in those naming dragons. Oh, yeah, I guess we should probably generate a name of some sort. Okay. I think we should parts, take, apparently. I know, I think we should probably roll a couple of times so we can uh get you know. a impression of what you know yeah all right here it's right. a d24 roll, times i right? roll and then you can like copy paste some of these things okay into a little thing and we'll... this is for the first part of the name you want to roll like two no, times that's a two and a 12 Eight. two and a 12 12 so either andra or nur is the first part of the name Four and a one. Four and a one. Cool. Cool. Antir or uh, Eros. All right. So let's, how do we put these ones? Yeah, let's have a look at this sort of first. Well, well there's two more parts of the name. Right? I know, but let's, For this, which like, of those two work best together? There's Andra Antur or Andra Eros or Nur Antur or Nur Eros. I like Nur Antur somehow. Nur Antir. I think it's Antir or Andra Antir. Uh, the newer on tier, I think, newer on runs, tier. runs yeah, sounds well. Like that or, moves or, or smooth. That. All right, so we'll put those ones newer together. On tier. All right, now let's see if the second part of this we can find a couple that we like. Sync up with that a little bit. A six and an eleven. Six. Six and eleven. You said. Yeah. Ear or morn. E I R or M O R N. Right. And then five or sixteen. Five or sixteen. Five or sixteen. Right. Derev or Tosten. So it could be Air Derev, Morn Derev, Air Tosten or Morn Tosten. The air derev, air derev kind of has a little ring to it. Now, how does that sound if we put all four parts? Nurantir air derev, nurantir air derev. I like that. I'm just wondering if the air derev, nurantir, and then air again is kind of hard. What if you put the morn after it instead? Nurantir morn derev. That's better. Is that better? Yeah. All right, cool. There's our dragon name, but what do they know now? What's their like title? You know, you know, because they gotta have a title of some kind. Do we have that in the? Is there? I don't well? know, but like usually they're like the the whatever of the the dunes or whatever you are of the the canyon. I don't know. Terror of the it might not be terror, but there's like a common name that they usually have. For nicknames, look in its abilities, mannerisms, or famous acts. Like, perhaps the one-eyed nature of it, you know? 
Cyclopean. Cyclopean Sand Seeker. What if it was just like, like one eyed something or other? Yeah, I mean, that's very much more like you know, informal. How, pe how people would refer one -eyed. to it. The one eyed. I mean, do you think of things like terror or seeker or um, prophet? You know, the one eyed. The one eyed whisperer. Realms walker, plain walker. Forged. Steel bound. I don't know. What are what, like, you know, the one eyed blank, right? Yeah. Sand serpent. Sand too hard. Like, sure. I'm, cause I'm trying to think of like, from my perspective, it's not what he calls himself. No. But the, but what the, the people mm. refer to him as. And he hates it because it makes him sound too much like a blue dragon. Sure, sure. The one eyed sand serpent. Nurantir Mondarev. Yeah, okay. Commonly known as the One-Eyed Sand Serpent. Something like that. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. So, creating a brass dragon. We do have some special personality traits. Yeah. Uh, in here now. Um... Five. Hoarding knowledge is no fun. It's best when you can trade knowledge away for treasure. Hmm. I almost feel like he's the other, almost the other way around. Like, there's something about wanting to connect with that other dragon. That's but you're, you're right. He is actually doesn't want the other dragon getting his horde though. There's definitely like a a, a weird love hate thing about it, where he's just fascinated by it and obsessed with this other dragon, but totally fears it, um, and thinks it's out to get him. Yeah, I mean, number f I roll that again, and the one below it actually kind of plays into its picking its teeth and claws and stuff. I don't care about the opinions of creatures that are less intelligent than I am, but I'm fascinated by creatures that are significantly more intelligent. Like, he thinks this gold dragon is, like, way, like, it's him tenfold, you yeah. know, him. I like that. That's cool. Yeah, so I don't care about the opinions and creatures that are less intelligent than I. That's better. Mm. And that's why he's really bored when talking with other people, but almost like he's like trying to preen himself to appear more intelligent for those who are worthy of his his attention. Interesting. Interesting indeed. So his ideals is perspective, it says. Right. Which is kind of interesting for something a creature that only has one eye, lacking a little bit of perspective there says everyone sees things differently so if you want to know about the world gather as many different points of view as you can mm. interesting i mean especially that's interesting with his his one eye you know yeah and perhaps why he wants to talk to them to people as well that that interest in perspectives um intrigues him to start with and up to the point where he gets bored with the conversation mm. when he suddenly clicks clues to your perspective then he's like hey. mm. yeah 
perhaps there is some sort of part of the his sleep breath that walks in dreams that allows him to view upon others mm. um, and see their perspective in a very much more literal sense, which is perhaps a part of his missing eye uh, as sort of a special manifested magic that he's developed. Um, I think it's a cool concept that we could run with if we want to make this more of like a, an ongoing group patron or quest thing where he tasks them for finding the location and and so the for their perspective in the next one it talks about brass dragon hooks and number seven is quite literally the one that i love because i'm pretty sure it ties back to it it gets mentioned it must be mentioned the monster manual or someplace a windstorm uncovers part of the brass dragon's hoard and various people and creatures carry off parts of it the dragon wants every scattered coin and trinket back that's how i actually get hooked on brass dragons to begin with although i'm maybe not sure that's this one um now that we're sort of fleshing them out hmm interesting i'm I'm, trying, I'm, I'm just like looking through some of these yeah i'm too hmm. yeah <laughs> it's most likely source of crucial information about how to stop an extraplanar incursion that coincides with a certain comet's arrival hmm that's the one I rolled actually when I the three um yeah mm, tired of increasing traffic safe water sources mm, interesting caravan being being held captive by a brass dragon who's delighted to have such a wonderly wonderfully diverse conversation partners <laughs> it would be interesting if the caravan was a bunch of um like Vistani or something from well, are we suddenly we're in Barovia? What happened? Well, Vistani can leave Barovia. They can go anywhere. If we're not running Barovia, I mean, you could see, Um, I, I believe there's like a group of elves that are much more like desert-based. I think that's Eberron, though, perhaps. Am I thinking that? Hmm. I think we've got, got enough. Double-bladed I, honestly, I think we've got enough of an adventure hook without the ones that are here. Yeah. Um, You know, the idea has to be essentially go into mm. into the city of brass on behalf of the dragon it's like you know you're being sent on a quest by the dragon and i think in the, the adventure we're dreaming up in some ways which is also largely because we've been wanting to play a city of brass adventure for some time mm. um but yeah it kind of puts this dragon as a patron sort of in that story in a way or a you know, a crime boss or something, um, who obviously has has a has you want working on a mission that's going to connect him with the brass with the gold dragon. Whether the party knows this or not to start with, possibly mm. not. Yeah, um, yeah, and and maybe he is uh, willing to you know promises promises treasure in exchange for information. Yeah, I like that. Or, or I mean, or trade for information or for their perspective literally yeah. on learning the location of this arch nemesis i could i can see him starting with this a line of something about you know with only one eye i can't mm. i can't see everything i'd like to sometimes it helps to have a few extra sets of eyes i need you to go and look for something mm. and if you do there might be reward for you interesting i like that be cool i think we're, we're getting there we're getting there in terms of this character what's this name again um which name the real name 
The real name, Nurantir Mondarev. Nurantir. 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 Mordarev. The local name in town on the material plane is the one-eyed sanser. On the city of Brass, I'm sure he did a much more menacing or illustrious history or name there yeah, that yeah. is less reductive. Um, I don't know. Fun idea. Uh, the other things like connected like certain connections which depend on their age we're doing yeah. ancient right yeah so i think their connection is is in the city of brass no yeah so it, these are on this table it's like connected creatures you know um so an ancient brass dragon once ruled the temple state through a puppet sovereign who is now a mummy lord and to so be like okay so now we have to bring together the mummy lord or the next one's like an andro sphinx or the next one's connected to an ancient blue dragon um, which is actually, if we substitute actually number three in for gold dragon, mm. so it says an ancient brass dragon and an ancient case, gold dragon have a centuries old rivalry, and each dragon manipulates adventurers into harassing the other. I like that. That's the that's the connection. That's kind of it. Yeah. Cool. Um, for those of you. Who think you know what i really would love is a map of a brass dragon's lair at this point if you have not seen it yet in the book and uh on dnd beyond there is a beautiful uh brass mm. dragon lair oh yeah all laid out for you um which has got some interesting little lair features like they've placed a bunch of little water wells throughout it um yes. which work as like sensors and there's an interesting connection between Brass dragons seem to always have a source of water. So also people maybe mm -hmm. who are looking for an oasis or things stumble across uh, brass dragon lairs if they have some means of detecting or finding water. Mm. Yeah, it can also create obscuring sands, blasts of wind, animate statues. And of course, um, they are known for um, their sleep breath, which they can create. Uh, I believe that's their special metallic breath that they get. Um, does it? Yeah. Do, is this? Does this have the stat blocks, or is that later on? Yeah, I think it's later on. I think the section really is it's just about how like, you know yeah. this sort of stuff, like putting together, putting together personality trait, giving you some ideas of what the dragon might be about. You know, mm. um, breathing some more flavor into it. So instead of, you know, instead of you just thinking, oh, okay, I just need a brass dragon stat block. Now that you've gone through a bunch of these sorts of things. You have a much more interesting NPC uh, for the party to, you know, to talk to. Um, you know, figure out kind of a good voice that you can repeat for such a character like this, and um, you maybe even write down a couple like keyword words to help you remember the voice, and maybe in a little key phrase or something gets you in the right right uh, little accent or gruffness or whatever it is you think he's got. And, um, yeah, and I think away you go like this, like we've already, I think with the robe and the eye and, the, um, you know, this, this is a, a dragon with, with issues and oh, the, sure. when the party shows up, he's going to work out those issues on the party. Yeah. Or try to use the party to help work out his issues. Or Some fun regional effects that you can consider with a brass dragon, um, which is, I believe like a can go quite a while um like around like 
there's one that's six miles here. Cloud Companion, where a small wispy cloud follows non-evil creatures as they journey within six miles of the dragon's lair. It changes directions as the creatures do, remaining interposed between them and the direct glare of the sun, and grants them advantage on saving throws to resist the effects of extreme heat. It could be especially useful when traversing the City of Brass. Um, especially if you had to step outside of the city. Oh, that'd be uh, fun if that if you could send that with you through the, mm. the little portal and you'd be like, effectively, everything in the City of Brass is within range of his lair because that portal door sure. is effectively the boundary edge of... Yeah, and that's a part of what gives everyone that some of that protection. Yeah, that might be fun, actually, for a party who's like, oh my God, how are we going to survive in here? And you've got this, like, essentially like a little, like, a little like rain cloud. It's not really raining on you, no. although it, although I suppose it once in a while it could if you wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> Quite wispy. If you ever caught fire or something, maybe it could like sprinkle Squish a little bit of rain. Bit, yeah. And then there's also the talk of denizens one, which I'm not. I don't know about so much, where creatures within one mile find pleasure in hearing the sound of their own voices, that the air is filled with the deafening chorus of birds and small animals. Uh, and that saping creatures talk extensively. I almost like imagine a very silent desert somehow. Um, that maybe this would be like used for, for the dragon to try and obtain a perspective faster if they're much closer to certain creatures or is able to hear them. Perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it says regional effects. It's, that's an interesting idea. Like, perhaps it's not... I mean, it's a, yeah, it's saying, oh, every every life form just seems to be going crazy. But maybe... Maybe it's not that much. Maybe mm. it, it's more of a, it's more of an effect that, that seems natural. Like, so when, if your party decides to, you know, uh, set up a camp within the, the regional area, the time around the campfire is unusually talkative, more so than normal. And you're not sure if it's just because maybe the wineskin got passed around a little bit more than it often does or, or what. And everybody starts maybe like talking, bearing their, their hearts and souls a bit more. Maybe the dragon's listening in. Yeah. And maybe like if there's, if there was such thing as a tavern nearby or places where, uh, I don't know, coffee shop or a, a bazaar or something like that, there'd be places like that where you sort of come away from it thinking, well, that was that was a little bit more chatty than normal. Mm. And why did I say all those things to those strangers? It's strange how it's amazing how sometimes we open up so much to people. Um, and yeah, it might just be a way that again somebody who's a creature like this who's interested in gathering as many perspectives as he can likes to listen in on. Yeah. I like that. Now, do brass dragons have a way of disguising themselves amongst people? All ancient metallic dragons have a way of changing their shape. I believe adults get it too, but yes, they can all change their shape into humanoid. Right. So he could really can be hiding out anywhere. Yeah. And um, I think you could almost make the original effect more of the presence, right? Because a large part of the dragons is their big intimidating presence that they get. I don't know if metallics are so much about that, but I know definitely chromatics um, that they have this intimidating presence to them, but you could make it more of a a talkative, you know, revealing secrets, revealing certain things that make you more prone to divulging information or secrets or whatever it might be. I think it's a fun idea. Like a zone of truth, but like a sort of like a light zone of truth. Um, that's around disadvantage on deception checks and things like that. It's cool. Giving it maybe advantage on insight as well. 
could be a fun little concept you could run with if you want like something a little bit more mechanical. But looking back, we have got Nur on Tier Morn Darev, um, as he goes by, or the local folk gnome as the one-eyed sand serpent, which kind of infuriates him a little bit. Uh, he lives in near the sands, but perhaps by more of a, a mountainous cliff-like area where they've built their um, deep-running ruins, uh, which within the horde hold uh, keys or doors to um, the city of Brass, which they frequent semi-often due to a long-standing rivalry with another version of themselves hidden in the Isle of Dread, um, who he believes uh, is far more intelligent and stronger, and there's this strange obsession with meeting them, but also being protected against them, but it can't leave the Horde, because then um, all the people that this gold dragon have hired will steal everything and ruin this, um, will ruin Nur. Um, And so... They must remain and hire adventurers to lend them their perspectives and delve into the plains, many of them never returning, um, but anything for a brief, anything of intelligence. And, and you could almost then, because there's um, a domain of dread that's very island-like. Um, yeah, um, I mean, so we've yeah been blessed this year with having so many amazing books come out to provide us with... Um, all sorts of different ideas of, of how to, you know, quickly come up and create campaign settings. So as you can see, even here, just between the two of us bouncing stuff around over, you know, a short period of time, we've got the very beginnings of, of an adventure kind of prepped already. Um, then if you were to think, okay, yeah, we'll do a little, there's a thing that's going to happen in the city of brass. We haven't worked that out yet, but the adventure that happens there, but that will then, they need to go through that in order to then get on to, some sort of transport that will take them uh, across the Sea of Fire mm. and into the, I don't know how, what the transition world is. There's a steam space you have to go through of some sort, I think. And, yeah. Then, yeah. and then once you part through those mists, on the other side, in the water, is this Isle of Dread. Which and then you could, you could either do Isle of Dread, like there's been a number of like older versions of it, or you could just whip open Van Richten's and, uh, and dig up. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's like, what's it, what's it called? Uh, so Van Richten's for those of you who aren't familiar with it, there's a number of different uh, domains that each got names in sort of different settings. Um, mm. It's not Lamordia. Mm. Is it uh, Kalakiri? No, no. I just had to look at that. There's one that's very jungly, though. I remember. Is it Kartikas? No, that's werewolves. So, yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, there was. I remember there was one that was very much so. Haslan's very desert. If you want to keep it. Yeah, I just saw that as well. Um, so it's. Orca? Yeah, you can you can find yourself something. Anyways, no, the point of this fine. is to find a way to to you know grab one of the source books, pull up uh, an island of some sort that you then could either go through this exercise again, creating your brass dragon. Or the gold dragon now. Or the gold dragon, should say. Or you could 
you could even use the stuff that's in Van Richten's mm, to start to building out that Isle create of Dread. the 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 dragon as a dread lord as a dread lord who's who's got their own deep tragic horrible problems the horror the horror mm. i love that kurt's idea sort of the heart up the the river the heart of darkness sort of thing maybe valakan um and it doesn't matter i mean it's easy enough to again to use the the tables and things that are in uh van richten's to to create one yeah so yeah no i think it's this one yeah valakan i believe so yeah 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 this is the jungles um the jungles of Valakan. Survivors must guard their hearts, lest something monstrous eat them. For some, that risk is worth the reward of the unusual plants and magical creatures this land is home to. But Valakan is fiercely protected by its dark lord, the devious and immortal hunter Shakuna. Um, of course, change the dread lord, but into the gold dragon. Yeah. Um. So a lot of the yeah. the idea of the dread lords is they were cursed by something. Um, and so it's nothing to say that we couldn't have this gold dragon, which you normally associate with creatures of great good. But what we've discovered with the with horror settings like this, the tragedy of of something that begins as good and then has fallen for various whatever horrible reasons, um, that's mm. actually fun. Um, and a bit of a, a bit of a sad story to have to come back and figure out how to tell yeah. our uh, one-eyed sand serpent. What was Panthers? See, this adventure is just getting better and better. Okay, now you've sold your players at this point, I'm assuming, on this adventure, because we've definitely sold ourselves. I haven't even told you how cool City of Brass is going to be. That's Right, there's cool upon cool here. I mean, yeah. we could go everywhere. City of Brass is like, can essentially be this, I don't know, like uh, yeah, a... Yeah, how do we how to get out of the city sort of mm. story? I guess definitely. How do we get a how do we get a boat out? How, of here? how do we get ourselves to the Isle of Dread from here? You know, yeah. and it's this quest like all the way from. I mean, th of course the jungle makes me think Heart of Darkness, but it's from this big city, and then you get deeper and deeper into the wilderness. Is this complete opposite uh, in the Isle of Dread to this ancient layer of this dark lord, all the way across the plains and then to come back and have to tell the brass dragon look do we do we tell the brass dragon what the, Will they even believe us or, the brass do, dragon or do you have to tell us? it something else do you have to say yeah or do you make do you end up sympathizing with this gold dragon yeah a bit again a bit like heart of darkness does the main character have to come back and visit the widow and do you tell the truth or do you say something that mm. gives them comfort yeah Fun times, good th good choices for characters to have to make. All right, thanks um, for joining us this episode. Yeah, that's how we play D and D here, yeah. folks. Um, so, anyways, e e interesting enough, you do have to go and look up Ancient Breath Dragon in the Monster Manual to find its uh, stuff, stat blocks. I don't know if it's been updated on D and D Beyond. It looks like it kind of feels like it has somehow, but um, but yeah, the stat blocks aren't in. Uh, they're in a different section, are they? Yeah. Anyways, I couldn't quite find it. Um, but yeah, brass dragons have got, uh, all their, definitely. they've got the ability, ancient ones have definitely got the ability to change shape. So that's also fun. Sure. Um, and maybe in, it's in that shape, shape changed form that you really see the, the expensive robes from yeah. the city of brass that it likes to wear. 
and then that's the next part. And then yeah, and I mean, maybe there's a, a whole campaign. We maybe there's a whole about. beautiful gold dragon embroidered on the robes. Ooh. On the back of it somehow. Oh, the tapestry. Um, that it wears around. Then it's it's kind of like envy. Like yeah. I want to be this thing, but so, I hate it, and it must be destroyed. See, I think this is the thing as DMs that I really I've really started to get into is like you know we're not just puppet masters at the table, but we need to come up with characters that we really love that we really want to play, like NPCs that we can really get into, mm-hmm. um, and role play at the table. Uh, we're we are more than just mathematicians, you know, there to help you know do the math problems to resolve conflict it needs to be much more than that so get out there folks build yourselves some really fun dragons um combine them with the other tools that we've got uh, at our disposal and you know come up with a, a cool new adventure for your players all right thanks for joining us see you later bye bye bye